Welcome to the Life as an Observer podcast. My name is Ryan Bean. I am your host in self-observation. This podcast is an exploration of physical and non-physical self through discussion around yoga, meditation, self-improvement, self-realization, and practices that elevate the mind-body-soul connection. Let's start observing. This episode of Life as an Observer is made possible by patron support. If you'd like to support this program, you can visit patron.podbean.com backslash life as an observer to learn more. Welcome to Life as an Observer. Thanks for joining me today. I have a, a lot to talk about, kind of more on a, like a personal note rather than sort of a structured podcast like we've been having in the past that has kind of a topic and a you know, lesson. Today we're going to talk all about what it takes to get involved with TED Talks. I just completed my first TEDx here in St. George, Utah, and I want to share that experience with you, kind of some of the highs, some of the lows, and some things that you can look forward to if you also have it in your vision board or in your goal setting to be a TEDx speaker or to share ideas that are worth spreading. Before we kind of get into today's topic, I wanted to tell you about some of the things that I have going on, kind of an update. Uh, One of those is updating you with the abundance code winter project and um, how that's going. So let's talk about dates first. Um, I do have a ketamine breathwork session that we're doing in Death Valley. Now this is April the 23rd and it'll be an overnighter. So this is a Sunday to Monday. If you're anywhere in California, Nevada, even Southern Utah, um, I invite you to look at that. Look at this. I'll put the the link in the show notes and maybe even a, a link to a poster or something like that. But this particular event, we're going to do kind of as a 4D experience, meaning everybody's going to wear headphones. I'll have my voice talking to you through the headphones. There'll be music. And this particular session um, through my clinic, uh, we're, you know, it is, it is therapy, um, but kind of making it sort of a self-exploration session. So you still have to go through the same processes of consultation, and we have to see if ketamine is right for you. And... Um, I'm going to talk about ketamine actually probably in the next podcast. I'm just kind of thinking that I need to maybe do a little bit more education. But if you haven't already, I have several, I think maybe two or three about ketamine in the library here. So just kind of got to scroll through and see if it's right for you, whether it be through for a condition of depression or anxiety or just self-exploration. Ketamine has been a great disruptor um, for me and kind of some of the patterns that I've followed. And... um, we're going to offer it in the place called Cherry Cloud Oasis on April the 23rd. Now, this is in Death Valley, just right outside of Prump, uh, Nevada, uh, maybe just a little outside of Las Vegas. And this particular place is pretty cool. Um, different, like, little campers and buses and even a land yacht. Um, definitely kind of feels like if you were to leave Burning Man and you needed a place to stop in Death Valley on the way home, this is where you would stop. So it'll include a meal in the morning um, and course all the entertainment that comes with just being um part of a group so that's april the 23rd now i do have a retreat coming up full-on weekend retreat and that is happening actually up in hatcher pass alaska so right near 
um, Anchorage, and that is June the 9th through the 11th. Um, let me back up here. So if you want, you're interested in coming to the ketamine group, you can go to stgeorgeketamine.com or follow the link in the show notes. Now, June 9th through the 11th, I'll be up in Alaska. And to get tickets for that, it is through hormetichealing.com or I will, again, leave a link. This is kind of a breathwork retreat that I'm doing, theming it, utilizing um, language of breath. This is actually what I spoke about at TED Talks this year. Uh, the TEDx St. George, and I would like to uh, kind of offer this in retreat form. So we're headed up to Alaska. I have lots of uh, opportunities this summer to get out of southern Utah where it's really hot and travel. So um, if Alaska is a little too far north and St. George is a little too far west and south, um, I'm looking at traveling up kind of up the I-15 corridor, going up to Montana, maybe up to Seattle, and then down into California, uh, somewhere near August, September this year. I haven't planned the whole trip, but um, if you reside along these corridors, Idaho, Montana, Colorado, uh, Utah, Cal- uh, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, <laughs> in that area, um, I may be passing by you and we could probably host something near you. Um, just need to hear from you. So you can send me a message through uh, my Instagram, which is Ryan Bean Yoga, um, or um, if you'd like to send me an email, it's just ryan at theketamineclinic.com. Um, in addition to that, so in June, I will be hosting a, uh, a breathwork uh, session, I guess two of them, um, kind of in this 4D experience that we're offering for the ketamine group. And this one won't have ketamine, but I'm actually speaking at the, the Summer Revival, which is hosted by the Divine Assembly, which is the Utah kind of chapter of um, our mushroom church. And some of you may have heard of it, but I facilitate uh, utilizing their protocols and their suggestions um, for communing um, religiously with our sacrament. And I'm doing some uh, altered state breath work at their particular uh, festival, which is happening June 22nd through 25th up in Eden, Utah. Uh, so northern part of the state. In July, I'll be in Colorado. Um, July 18th, Uh, I'm doing teacher training for language of breath with my friend Jesse Coomer. We will be up there in Silverton, Colorado. I believe there may be a spot or two left. I'm only announcing this just to kind of let you know where I'll be. But um, if you're interested in becoming a breathwork instructor, coach, facilitator, you may have an availability by going to Language of Breath Collective um, classes. The the, um, virtual classes start... um, soon. <laughs> they start really soon. I, I think they start within a week or so. So if you're interested in doing that, go to Language of Breath Collective and submit your application. Um, and finally, uh, I'm going to be heading down to San Diego area in July, so July the 8th, um, to facilitate some training, uh, ketamine training and breath work facilitation at a clinic in uh, Southern California. And in passing by, I would be happy to facilitate other uh, sessions, or if you want to join in on those, just send me a message if you're curious, if you're in San Diego and you're saying, hey, I'd like to figure out how to attend one of your breathwork sessions, or I can host one, um, send me a message at Ryan Bean Yoga on Instagram or through my uh, email at ryan at theketamineclinic.com. So let's jump into today's uh Let's jump into today's session. Now, I, sometimes I, well, I, I, I uh, always used to start with a with a quote, 
you know, and it had something to do with today's session. And because today's session is really just about, you know, you connecting to you and your dreams, um, I'm just going to kind of use my own words here because let me tell you the story of me and TEDx and how it kind of came into my awareness. And I offer this story because so many of us give up before the story is done. We, we, we reach a place that's uncomfortable or where we feel defeat and never really see our dream through to actualization because we feel as though we are failing. And I will tell you, that is something that came into my experience with this TEDx experience. So rewind three years and I began volunteering kind of um, just being f- friends, networking with the folks with the, our local TEDx chapter, um, knowing that I needed to invest in the relationship and gain trust and to really just kind of be familiar more about what the process is of being a TEDx speaker. Many people want to do this. It's in their bucket list or that's something they feel that they can do because they're a good speaker. And I will tell you, being a good speaker really only has a small portion to do with you being selected as an applicant and then going on to the final rounds because they offer a whole list of coaching, uh, a whole list of opportunities to, to be involved. And then if you do get selected, you're going to be coached anyway. So it's not really about how good of a speaker you are. So don't start your application by trying to go through lots of schooling to be a better speaker first, because TEDx is really designed to be for those who don't have a platform. So if you're already like a, you know, a full, full-time uh, speaker, this may not be the opportunity for you. Also, we have to sort of integrate it into a way that says, okay, these are ideas worth spreading on a local level. So you'll, you'll need to find your local chapter of TEDx and they're all over. I forget how many other, but there's hundreds of them all over the world that you can join. And your closest one is probably your best bet. Um, Because you're going to want to invest in that relationship maybe a year or two before you actually do the talk. So that's what I did. I began investing in the relationship, not deliberately. I actually got introduced and just started guiding hikes for the team and being around with them, guiding meditations and just doing what I do, being me and authentically me. Um, And investing in that relationship, volunteering, showing up to the events, um, you know, going to the pre-parties and after parties after the, as they invited me and just really being of service. Well, the story began a couple years ago, three years ago, and I started going to each one of those events until finally um, the application process came and it was time. So go on this little journey with me. You fill out an application online. This was a week before Christmas. <laughs> Interesting timing, right? Where you fill out your written request to to be a part of it what is the idea that you have that is worth sharing i would tell you if you're going to share an idea that it needs to be something that probably hasn't been done before or there's a new twist on it do not let your idea worth sharing be a commercial for your business let it be something that is something that can be of service to your community and that is an idea that's not only worth sharing but could benefit a, a very large demographic of people, not just something that you can sell. 
You'll have plenty of opportunity to do that in the follow-ups when the videos get released on YouTube and people are asking you for help with breath work or whatever. That's what mine was on, was on breath work. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about our speakers, but week before Christmas, you do the written application. And then you're guided to do a series of videos. Now, my first video was just a quick private link on YouTube. You know, I had the lighting and I had the microphone because of this particular, you know, because of podcasting. I had the stuff that I need, but it wasn't necessarily a fully mixed and mastered and beautiful video. Okay, I did it on my phone. Uh, At least I think I did it on my phone. The first one was on my phone. Maybe the second one might have been on QuickTime from my laptop. I don't remember, but there were several of them that they, they wanted me to refine it. And they said, you know, you have, uh, I forget what it was, the first link, but it might have been 10 minutes, and then we whittled it down to, to seven minutes to share that idea. And that's where, you know, as a podcaster, that's where I actually had the trouble, was trying to refine it down to a place where it was only six minutes. I mean, how do I share everything that I love and want to know in six minutes? And I'll kind of get to that in a minute, how we do that process, but and then until finally, a couple weeks later, I was selected. This was from a group of about 275, if I remember right, 275 applicants, and they were whittling it down to 11 speakers. And I felt really grateful. We had a, an uh, on-site audition, and we actually had, uh, well, we had to show up and do our speech, not for memorization, but we had to do it by... Um, you know, you could read it if you wanted to. I happened to have mine memorized, um, so I did mine from memory. And, well, between you, me, and this microphone, I think I slayed it. I did really good. I felt confident, and I felt at ease. So that's what I would recommend is you practice. You get ready for your audition so that you feel authentically at ease rather than uptight and trying to hope that you say every word right because for the audition, it's not about having it memorized. It's about the delivery and how you show up and your passion for that idea that's worth sharing. So finally I was selected and then they offered me, which there was lots of celebration that came from that. But then what I ended up doing was being, um, uh, facilitated by a coach. So they, they offered me a coach, well, not offered. They told me I'm going to work with the coach and we had weekly meetings. Now we were utilizing a tool and, a, you know, not a paid ad here, but we were utilizing a tool from one of the speakers and his, his product is called Udly.ai or Udly. This is a generative, generative uh, AI product that kind of helps you with your speech. So if you're interested, if you're a speaker or you're looking for ways to improve your speaking abilities, utilize this tool. Udly is done on a mobile uh, and on desktop. You just go to udly.ai and um, it'll analyze your, your speech and say if you're using filler words, there's better ways you can say that thing. Can you take out the weak words? Can you spend more attention looking at the camera? You know, there's a, there's a lot of different feedback that it gives you so that you can be more precise and more interesting in your delivery of your speech. So we utilized U- Udly once a week, um, and then I, we would get feedback from our live coach in addition to our artificial intelligence coach until we finally whittled all, all that down into the day before. Uh, well, sorry, we did it because we did a month before. We did some live sessions uh, via virtual live sessions with each other where we had to say our talks to each other. 
And then we finally had the day before, which was a, a dress rehearsal. Make sure that we, you know, we kind of felt comfortable on stage. And then, of course, the event. And I'll get to the event. But what I want to most emphasize here is how do I become a TEDx speaker? Well, you get your idea worth sharing and you apply. And I will tell you, this is exactly how I approach ice baths. This is how I approach things that are difficult in my life is you make a commitment mindset wise. You say, I'm going to do this. And then you do it. <laughs> you follow inspired action, even if you fail. Okay? It's not really about winning, losing, gaining. It's about saying, I'm going to make the commitment to show up. Now, knowing that you have an, you've invested in the relationship does help get you sort of a feedback from your friends and you know counterparts that are going to also be applying. They can say, hey, this did really well, or hey, you know, this is what I would recommend for your talk. They're going to give you feedback because they, they want to see you do well, and they want to see you do well. So investing in that relationship, even a, a year or two ahead of time, will certainly benefit you. doesn't mean that they're going to pick you. It just means that you're going to have a better idea of what those expectations are. So the process itself is quite lengthy in the way of what you have to do. However, the process um, happens all within a very short amount of time. So there's a lot you have to do in a short amount of time. So if you're looking at being a TEDx speaker, know that your commitment for the next several months is going to be quite large. I've actually been faced with this when I'm trying to think about other uh, speaking engagements that I'd like to do. And should I want to do them, do I have the time and resources to commit? So what I'd like to do is I'd like to offer to you three different options for preparing for your next TEDx. First things first is to begin to invest in that relationship, as I discussed before, but not just with the organizers, the volunteers, not just being a part of it, but really investing in relationships to enhance what you know. So if your, if your particular topic is on meditation, mindfulness, plant medicine, if it's on um, ways to, to improve the world through a particular type of project that you're working on or a product, not only get involved with your own product, but maybe become familiar with other areas in which this has already been discussed. So really investing in relationships, maybe with your competitors and just learning about what's been spoken about and flipping through the TED channels on YouTube and seeing if this has already been discussed, see if it's been already put out there. And if it's been accepted, maybe by another independently operated TEDx city, maybe you can get some pointers on there and how to refine your speech, how to say what you need to say very eloquently, but precisely. Invest in the relationship of your knowledge, but making it precise and being able to offer it in a way that is enjoyable. People want to listen to you. They don't find it boring. The second thing that you can do is certainly by practicing um, speaking, whether that be attending Toastmasters or another type of training that really helps you to use your voice. Something that I saw a lot of is there's some great ideas that are out there worth sharing, but the speakers themselves didn't know how to convey how powerful what they were doing was to those who were selecting the speakers. You want to be able to really let people know that you're passionate and that you can offer this topic in a way that feels authentic, 
but also feels like it is fresh and it is exciting and it is something that people want to hear about. The third thing that you can do is uh, after you've invested in the relationships, learning about the product or, or, or your service, and second, after you have really become uh, better at conveying using the language of your choice, whatever, wherever you, it is that you live, becoming proficient in that is third is to begin to invest in yourself, meaning get more education, find things that are exciting for you. So if you haven't a really a topic that, you, that hasn't already been discussed, if you feel as though, you know, that's already been discussed and it's, there's no, there's no uh, momentum behind it, get yourself trained in other areas uh, that are of ex, you know, interesting to you. For me, it was a matter of me becoming more involved in the language of breath. I already knew breath work. I already knew from Wim Hof method. I knew pranayama. And it was me investing a little bit more into something that is what I'll call leading edge. Now, I wanted to talk about ketamine breath work, but it, it just wasn't the right format uh, or not the right place for me to talk about ketamine doesn't mean that's not going to happen in the future. So I just wanted to talk about something that I knew could probably be accepted. So I wanted to invest in that relationship with my own training, with uh, that uh, avenue of what I already knew. I already knew breathwork, but I needed to have an avenue that had something important and new and exciting with it. So I don't know what that is for you. There's lots of ways that you can, you can do that um, within your own profession. Only you know what that is. So let's talk about game time, all right? So here we are, we're on our stage. You're getting ready, in the, we are in a, sold out, a sold out crowd at Tuacon, which is an outdoor amphitheater. We did it inside because it's cold this time of year in their indoor theater. And your, your day of, it's sold out there and you're working through your nerves. <laughs> and so for me, I was leading breath work with everybody and trying to help them with their talks, uh, not the, their words of their talks, but their nervous system preparation before their talk. Not only that, but for myself. You know, hundreds if not thousands of people in the audience, depending on where you are. And then you deliver your six minutes of idea worth sharing. It's not really about what you wear. It's not about what your slides look like. It's not about any of that. It's about the message that you convey and the way that it's received. So it's about being uh, authentic, but also personable and being friendly and using like the, the different varieties in your voice, annotation and um, directing your body and using body language that conveys a message of excitement. So as I was on stage, my, my, my good friends before me, I was about mid, uh, mid event where I got to speak and, you know, I walk out onto the stage and of course I was feeling a little bit of nerves, but I knew that I knew my speech. I knew that I knew, um, kind of who was in the audience and I just knew that I just needed to speak to them as though I was speaking to them in my office or at a yoga class, not in a way that felt bigger than life. It was a matter of humbling the ego and saying, okay, let's slow this down and let's just be here now. Let's just be here and share this message with all these beautiful people. So that's all I really did. Share the message and then left the stage. Now it seems pretty uneventful, you know, just share the message, leave the stage. But I can tell you that this opportunity to speak at TED Talks was a highlight of my life. 
even though it's only six minutes, I would tell you that I probably put 300 hours into preparation for this particular talk of using the Udly, using the coach, and my partner and I, she heard, she knows the, the talk as well as I do um, because she got to get, hear it as often as I did. So it's a matter of getting yourself ready and preparing yourself and then just doing it, letting go of all the other stuff. Now, eventually this will be on, on YouTube, and when it does, I will share it with you, the audience, so you can listen to it and you can give me feedback and tell me what you think about it and maybe you can utilize it. Um, for other things. So going down this avenue of language of breath, the reason why I add that is the third thing on my list is because it opened up other doors for me. So some of you may know, we just released the breath source app. Now, if you are interested, I'm going to leave a link in, in the, in the, uh, show notes, um, about the breath source app, but I got involved with that because of my involvement with language of breath. I got involved with the language of breath, well, because I had a desire, but also it was to expand or find leading edge things of stuff that I already knew. With breath work, I already knew, but I wanted to have leading edge information and be able to offer that to others. So by doing so, it kind of led me into the breath source. So we just released that. So you'll see me on the app um, under the language of breath tab. And also I'll have my own tile there. Um, beginning in about two weeks. I believe it's mid-April. So if you're hearing this mid-April, go check out the, the link in the, the description, download the thing, get it for a, f- a week for free, and then join me on the app to do breath work. And you'll kind of see what I'm talking about. Again, I, the, the TED Talk should be available on YouTube shortly afterward. Uh, I think they told me about six weeks from now before you, before you can actually find it or download it or do it. So let me give everyone an update here. Um, about the Abundance Code Project. The Abundance Code Project is something that I started um, after meeting a gentleman named Benny, and you can listen to the previous episode to hear about it. And I can tell you that the the episode itself has got a lot of attention, but the fundraising effort has not. And I've had a few people reach out to me with a little bit of money um, so that I can buy a few things. And I can tell you that I haven't really been documenting because it hasn't been, um, well, a, a large amount. So I'm not giving up yet. Um, however, this is me reaching out to you saying, if you have a desire to help the, those who are in need, um, especially those who are cold right now, uh, and, and have, have needs and desires, um, the abundance code project information is in the show notes. Um, I just had someone reach out to me that has a bunch of jackets, which I'm really grateful about, maybe some tents and blankets and all that stuff, but really the easiest and quickest way you can help is by donating and helping out those who are maybe cold and could use help. I plan on documenting all this on my YouTube and on my TikTok channel, um, but frankly, I just haven't had the momentum behind it. So this is me reaching out to you, my audience, to consider donating to the Abundance Code Winter Project. After we finish this project, uh, as we move into probably May and June, I'm gonna do a summer project. So, uh, So we just keep the momentum going. Um, it'll be all documented on these platforms so you can see where the money's going. I'm not keeping any of it. I'm just using my Venmo to, to be the repository and then uh, doing it. So I'm going to share a, a, a two stories that came out of the Abundance Code Project and you can decide if it's something for you. So the first one was Benny and you can hear about that one on the previous episode or I did make some videos on my YouTube channel. The link is in the show notes. Next one is a gentleman that I met named Robert. Now, my partner is actually who helped me 
find Robert. And Robert was standing on a corner, and I think that his sign said something along the lines of, anything helps, or something along that line, and looking for a job, but anything helps. Well, she called me and said, hey, he's on this corner. Can I meet you there? And I said, yeah, I'm right around the corner, actually. So we went and found him, and as we pulled up, he started walking away. So we kind of felt like creepers. We started chasing him down um, because I had had a donation from from a few people that I wanted to give him, an overwhelming donation, not just a dollar, not just $10. I wanted to give him hundreds of dollars. So um, we chased him down, and I said, hey, what's your name? This is my name. What do you need? What can I help you with? How can I make your day easier? What would be wonderful? He said, well, I need a job. I said, well, I, do, I don't have a job for you but I can get you anything you need and food and anything you need to wear or have. And he said, well, I, I have every, all that I need, you know, and went on to talk to me about minimalizing and being, um, you know, just being uh, really kind of easygoing, very much a, a uh, religious man and believing in himself, which was wonderful, but I could tell that he needed, he needed something. He just was being very humble about, the receiving. So we offered to give him some money um, to get him by until he could work. And he was quite grateful. Now, if I can ever hunt down Robert again, I didn't feel comfortable recording him at that moment because we were chasing behind him to give him the money. And I didn't want to have the cameras blaring as we did that. So, um, but I plan on finding him again and showing you some of the work that we're doing with this Abundance Co project. So the, the current needs are is just donations. In doing so, I will, you know, utilize this to making kits. I want to get some some uh, backpacks, and I want to get some um, tents and things to prepare people for the hot summers that are about to happen between Las Vegas and Southern Utah. Um, it gets really it gets really warm here. So if you care about uh, investing, you can go to Venmo. It's just Ryan Bean Yoga is my Venmo, and I'll put the show uh, the link in the show be- show notes below. Concluding today's uh, podcast. Um, I plan on meeting with a lot of my uh, co-speakers, I'll call them, the folks who I was on TEDx with, and talking to them about their experience in addition to kind of what their story is. We had, you know, a gentleman who's been living with Parkinson's, another gentleman who um, is a behavior uh, therapist that he uses horses uh, to help with human behavior, call it equine therapy, Um, some others who were talking about worry. Uh, a friend of mine who's a professional climber talking about presence, um, others talking about what a hairdresser can, you know, do for you and how that becomes this sacred space when you get your hair cut and a lot of really amazing ideas that are worth sharing. Uh, all 11 of them, amazing, amazing speakers from my friend, Natalie, who was a help with the Ukrainian refugees to uh, Melanie, who uh, works with those with autism. And there's just, there's a lot of them. And then my friend Chris, who I can't wait to work with him. I'm going to tell you, he does some amazing stuff with video where he talked about our thousand points of light. So uh, I'm going to have a lot of these people on the podcast in the very near future. I want to keep this episode really short and just let you know what I'm up to um, and why I haven't been on here recently because of busy studying for TED Talks, hundreds and hundreds of hours. So if you're interested in joining any of the group sessions that I have coming up, or if you want to stay connected with me, go to the Breath Source. You'll see it, that it's there, and I'll be on there. We can share breath work together. Um, looking forward to sharing with you the next episode 
which will be very, very soon. Very, very soon. Usually um, every week. So look for another episode of Life as an Observer within a week. Thanks, friends.